process is Black and White, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. So last week we discussed uh, being light, right? Sure. I want to discuss quickly the other end of that, but not so much being disliked. But is it necessary to be feared? I guess it depends. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the situation. Like the, the, uh, the context, right? Like I think for a guy like, like Jocko, whose book we're reading, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think people having a healthy fear of him, uh, is a good thing, right? I think it's a necessary attribute for him to succeed in the space that he was in, right? I don't think it is now, right? Like, um, and, and I don't think it, it serves him any value at this point in his life, right? But probably when he was like 24 years old and was moving up the ranks and, you know, I don't know how that stuff works, but, <laughs> but was, whatever was going on there, I think it was probably a valuable tool. I think for the vast majority of people, it's not necessarily uh, useful. Um, but I would say that there is certainly slices of society where that's a valuable attribute and a good attribute. That's my that's my intuition. Gotcha. Quick and just a follow up question: Is there is there any one any individual, not a situation, but any individual that you've ever feared? I mean, sure. Like, yeah, yeah, plenty of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, like, um, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, um, I guess fear is this. You, you, where you want to land on that like spectrum right um but yeah for sure you know everything from being a kid and being afraid of you know my dad being mad at me right like on, on the one level right and then like all the way up like there's definitely been situations um but I, I don't think that it's i've ever i don't think it's ever been something that driven that drove me to an outcome necessarily right hmm. um or like made me make a lot of choices. So again, I think that's kind of why I probably lean towards like fear as an attribute is generally not, uh, I think uh, like there are definitely cases where I think it's super valuable, but I think generally speaking, it's not gonna do, it's not gonna cause you much good because it's not gonna drive you into a, a good outcome usually. So I think so at least. That's a, that's a, that's a interesting, uh, that's an interesting, it's an interesting perspective on it, and the re and and the reason why is because, like you said, you you can remember moments of fear in certain situations, um, but you also 
you know, feel like, like I guess at times it, it hasn't been a driving force. You know what I mean? But it, but you can remember it, it being there. Me, so me, and and not that it was a question. I'm just sure. kind of taking it in. Yeah. But uh, for me, I don't know. I've never. I guess as a kid. So here's what I here's my truest belief. As a kid, I think like there's a difference between fear, which is like it feels like fear usually comes from a place of like if you if you don't do this, then this individual is going to do something to you. Some whether it's you know, if you're a kid, it's the you know, you're getting a spanking from your parents. Sure. sure. You know, uh something gets taken away, something get like something actually happens yeah, on the con- other side. It's like a direct consequence. It's thing. a direct consequence thing, right? And I don't know if I've ever really had that. I didn't grow up getting too many spankings or beatings or whatever you want to call it. But I think I grew pretty quick to being able to like like just take that on the chin for the most part like like i think at a certain point you know you have kids who who got beat a lot that like at a certain point you're just like all right the hell with it like i had these before like all right beat me but you you know and had plenty of relatives and friends who had that mentality um you know what i mean where like beatings just didn't do it but the one thing that i always had is and I, I feel like people sometimes misplace these two things, fear and, and respect. Because I think, like, no one ever, f- I don't know if people fear disappointing someone else. Like, because like, usually when, you, when you're disappointing someone else, right? Like, if someone's not forcing you to be fearful of them, you know, like, if you got that parent, that Danny Tanner type parent, like, I don't, I don't know if, DJ was afraid of getting that, uh, getting the disappointed chat from her dad. Very specific reference. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if none of the none of those none of the Tanner family was like, "Oh my God, here comes that disappointment chat from my dad." You know what I mean? But I do think there's this level of respect. Like, think of it. Fast forward to today in your adult life, there's this level of respect that you have from whether it's your coworkers and what you owe to them in terms of your part of the team. Sure. And you don't want to be that guy who lets the team down. You know what I mean? It's like totally different from fear. It's, it's more of like this, like that. I felt that a lot. And I feel like, I feel, I feel that all the time. All the the time. Yeah. I feel that a lot. And, And it's interesting. Like I worked at this place for a handful of years, like three or four years. And, uh, and if you were, like, I can't remember the rules, but, like, if you were five minutes late uh, three times in a month, like, that was it. <laughs> You're done, right? And there were, like, a bunch of rules like that. Like, there was just like, a list of rules that, like, if you knew what they were. They were really obvious. But there was, like, a big list of them, let's say 75. So you couldn't keep them all in your head at the same time. <laughs> So you spent a lot of time, like the culture there was like worried about your job all the time, that you were just yeah. going to, that you would have done something and that you would get fired, right? Yeah. Um, 
Now that's so, fear. That's a place. Of that was fear, a kind of. Yeah. It was a kind of fear for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And the the complexity in there was that like, it was because there were so many rules that were very specific, and they were written down, and you agreed to them. You were like, oh yeah, sure, right? But because they were all written down, you were like. Like, if did I forget my name tag today? Like, is that what's going to, like, is somebody going to come grab me and be like, hey, you forgot your name tag, and you forgot your name tag once three and a half months ago, so now that means that, like, you know, like, there's, because of all that stuff, there was, like, a fear culture. Um, and I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, uh, honestly, I don't think, I don't think anyone likes fearing something else. Or, I mean, someone or, or some type of construct that they're... Some sort of bureaucratic, in. like, hey, these are the rules. <laughs> but at the other side, like, I've certainly been places and worked in places where there's just no accountability for the most basic of things. Like, showing up on time, generally and overall, should be a thing that that you do at work. <laughs> and, like, mm. and if, if you don't show up over you know, how a reasonable period of time, you should not work there anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, know? no, I, and I think, I think, to be clear, I think there's absolutely accountability is necessary in all of this. But I don't, I think like there's this weird thing that I think when you're someone who operates with others from the perspective of fear, because there's a difference between someone just being afraid of you because, you know, like, there's people who are afraid of anything that they don't know. Anyone sure. that they don't know. Like, the mysteri- the mysteriousness of another human being yeah. is is fearful for some people. Jocko, being as big as he is, and, you know, the guy, the books that we're reading, book we're reading right now, people might just fear him yeah. off of his, you know, he's the way a bad he man. Yeah, yeah, he's a bad man. What he's been through. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, even for me, you know, my stature, there's people who, like, when it, before even talking to me, there's this, like, little level of, of fear in that, of sure. what I might be on the other side of that conversation. Sure. And I think, but I think anyone who actively uses that attribute outside of, like, war and, like, direct competition, it, to me, I feel like it's counterproductive when you use it outside of those rooms. Because if you're on a team and your teammates fear you, like that's it. That's usually an issue. Because a yeah. lot of times That's been my experience. Yeah. A lot of times fear is for an opponent. Like I, I want every opponent that I have to fear me. Right? And they should. Fear and competition is a sign of respect. You know? Fear amongst teammates it's actually I view it as a sign of disrespect because you don't you don't respect at time that means you don't respect my capabilities and what what I what I what I may be able to do you know what I mean so it's 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 one of those things that I feel like you know when someone fears you they stop at a certain point if they're on your team they stop at whatever bar you set yeah Whatever bar you set, I'm just going to do this thing so that Devin doesn't, you know, get on me. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to do that. When you yeah. bring them in and you make them a part of the team and you, and you, and you hold them to a different level where they feel like, man, I don't want to let my team down. I don't want to be the guy. They usually go past that bar. They, they, they usually go beyond that bar. They play above themselves. Yeah, I mean, in these chapters in 
extreme ownership that we're reading, right? The the thing that he was talking about is like, eh, you know, one person can lead, let's say, a half a dozen people at most, right? Like, and he wasn't giving you a scientific. It's six point three people. Like, it was just like, eh, let's say, a half a dozen people. Mm-hmm. And then the structure that he built is he was like, each of these like sub teams have autonomy, right? So I, I he, I think he said he only led two people. He only was directly responsible for two people, and they were each directly responsible for like two or three people, and they were each directly responsible for six people, and that's how the team was sort of like structured and information flowed up and down. And I was like, and and none of that was fear of overstepping a line, right? Everybody knew Mm -hmm. what they were responsible for, and everybody knew what they should push to, and I'm sure that people overdid it plenty of times right or underdid it a little bit right like but because you sort of knew what was your space and what you were supposed to understand and care about and know about the rest of it didn't matter right and, and the rest of it was like okay i can just communicate and let it go like i don't know that, that that's the best environment that that's the kind of environment that i work best in right um, i agree like it's just like build up a little bunch of little sub teams right Give the sub teams like sort of a shepherd, right? A person who's going to tell the sub teams what to do and give them very clear goals and then let everybody do it how they want to do it, right? Like if somebody wants to do it in a way that's kind of weird, like let them. I mean, I, ideally, you should teach people how to do things well. Um, yeah, for sure. But your, the environment you're talking about is, is a collaborative one. And that and that that those environments create the best versions of teams when you have those environments. I think so. Yeah, I would agree. Um, speaking of the book, so we haven't chatted about the book for a little while now. A couple of weeks, yeah. And we just wrapped up part two of the book, The Laws of Combat, uh, chapters five through eight, which were covering more simple prioritize and execute and decentralized command uh what which, which we you, basically which, just talked about <laughs> yeah i was about to say which we talked about exactly um what did, what did you think of uh the laws of combat part two uh yeah i mean i really like this book a lot of it is preaching to the choir right like you and mm-hmm. i have worked together um and I mean, obviously not at the scale that he's discussing, right? Um, in yes. either in either context, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's still like th- these are. I, I'm constantly flabbergasted that, um, and it shows you how much luck is in business, I guess, because I'm constantly True. flabbergasted how any of these lessons are things that people need to be taught, or that they need to hire Jocko Willenick to show up and be like, "Hey, this is how you're." Like your org chart is too complicated. Like your your bonus structure is too complicated. Like all these like different – and I'm like, how did these people ever get to the point where they were – where they thought that a bonus structure should be this complicated? Like I see how you get a little out of control and get a little offline here and there. But like it's shocking that you wouldn't be able to self-correct that to me, right? Yeah. Um, and that, I think that's a little bit just because like – the industry that um, we both sort of essentially grew up in business in the same exact industry, right? Mm-hmm. And the industry that we grew up in is extremely competitive, right? And um, any edge 
anything that will make you that'll save you time or money <laughs> you'll take <laughs> right like mm-hmm. pretty much like if it's like oh this will save us one hour of having employees around because we do it this way like you're like okay cool let's do it that way like <laughs> you don't care you immediately shed stuff when you find a better like data driven way you don't care um, and that's the only way you can succeed in that specific industry and now that i'm in like tech um, and watching the way that companies are making decisions i'm astonished constantly uh at the inability of people to just shed stuff because it doesn't it doesn't work right like if if you're in the grocery business and you can't get you know this shelf done because of the way that you set it up and somebody says well if you do it this way it'll work you do it that way you don't care that you have a preference or a, mm-hmm. you just give it up and so it's astonishing to me that like that that's just not the default culture i guess yeah well i think that's where that collaborative collaborative thing is missing a lot of times like um I'd say reading this book, everybody kind of like, every time he gets to the now applied to business and he's talking about, you know, whatever whatever the business is that he's working on, it all kind of comes back to the same thing. There's, there the two sides are usually speaking two different languages. You know what I mean? Like they're usually speaking two different languages. Like both sides are like, why do, why don't they understand me? And the other side's like, well, why don't they understand me? And then he comes in and he's like, well, you're both speaking different languages. Right. You know, like I go back to the um, cover and move one, which is which I thought was really good, where he talks about how, uh, I guess, the supplier company and then the distributor were like, you know, one side of them was I want to say the uh, distributor was like frustrated with the manufacturer because they wasn't getting the product, and he was like, well, it's not my problem, they're this, and he's like, well, actually it is. Although you only run the distribution center, the man, you're, the company that you work for does also own the manufacturing company. Right. So in actuality, Get you guys are on the same team. Yes. <laughs> so you do have the power to help the manufacturing company out, but yeah. you need to be willing to help them out and figure out what it is that you might be able to do to help them do what they need to do, you know, so that then you can do what you need to do. And you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, or like the bonus where he goes to the, the lady who, who came up with the bonus. He's like, well, and I had this super cool, interesting, complex yeah, plan. He was like, yeah. nobody, nobody gets it. Nobody Make gets it. Simpler. it. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it's I, like, I get it, but the rest of your team does it. Right, and, and and probably I misunderstand some parts, but I think I get it. Yeah, like, yeah, like I get it. Like, hey, cool, you can do numbers, and you yeah. got this great algorithm. And I like can't, I, I can't understand how that applies to yeah. me in an everyday. Like that's that was the issue. It's not that your plan isn't cool or that it doesn't work, or even that I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. But that's not going to change my behavior. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's it, dude, it's so interesting that you see yeah. this stuff constantly, yeah. and you go like, exactly. The biggest one though that that. Big, the chapter so far that's helped me the most 
you know, I've always been an ownership guy. In fact, like, 100%. it's probably annoying to some people that are around me, especially uh, as a as thousand percent. <laughs> you and I are both ownership guys, and it's annoyed me about you. <laughs> That's what I see. I think I asked you a while back about something. I was like, yeah, you know, it's ultimately me. You're like, no, it's not you. It's like, you know, like they need to be able to like do this one thing that they're supposed to be able to do. And I can, I can sense the annoyed, like, no, it's not you. It's not you at all. You can't take this one. You're not even there. There's no way for you to take this one. But I'm that guy. I'm totally the, the it's my bad guy. And I take that ownership on. So the, the gist of the book is right up my alley. But the one thing that also I that gets in a way is I am the do five things at one time guy mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, that's true and, about you. And exec, you know, and the uh, prioritize and execute chapter is something that I'd say more recently, it's been something that I've been focusing on more, more and more every day, and really honing in that that is my that is my one area that I need to focus on more than any other in terms of like growth. Like I need the most growth in that area. Yeah, your biggest successes so far in your new role have always been when you were prioritized. Yes, absolutely. When I focused in on it, absolutely. And you know what actually has helped me the most in getting better at this? Coaching my son's third and fourth grade basketball team. That makes sense. Because... You can only teach a third grader one one thing, <laughs> one thing at a time, and and you can only decide that we're going to be good at either this or this, yeah. And then once we're good at this or this, whatever we decide, then we 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 get to the next choice. All right, now we're going to be good at this, and then after we're good at this, we'll get good at that. Yep. But everything is like in these stages. And then even what I had to do, which has helped me so much, is I I had to separate the team by where their growth was already. So that also helped. Sure. Because six, I had to be six months in a in a third grader it's, could be a could be a four inch difference, and uh, athleticism huge. could be completely different. Yeah, in huge. the span of there, probably within season, you could probably see no, a kid change absolutely. from not athletic to athletic. My own son. My own son, who, you know, is like kind of not necessarily the, the son of mine that's like obsessing over like sports. Right. You know, he, he, he really kind of goes in and out on sports. Like he'd rather play video games. And I see now, yesterday, we're watching the the Knicks and Celtics. And he comes and sits down and like watches the game with me. I'm watching the Sixers game. He just... All all the time now, he's parked up next, and he's watching a game. And then you see him out on the court, and all the things that we talk about doing, you know, we watch uh, B-Ball Paul. I tell him all the time, watch B-Ball Paul. That, that well, For our team, that that's what you have to bring. Look at B-Ball Paul. You know, minus all those extra fouls that B-Ball Paul brings. But, you know, he, he's watching them, and he, and he even has the same number, 44. That was just a coincidence. But, you know, so we're like, you're B-Ball Paul. And it's awesome to see him watch it and, like, he's taking it in. And he's focusing in on those areas. And, you know, we count his rebounds. He had, like, five rebounds last game. And I'm like, you got to keep rebounding. I need six now. And so when I go in, 
now in in my leadership role that I do for career or even what I do for 2400 all of those lessons have helped me be a better leader because now I'm learning how like I'm you know not to equate my team that I'm leading in my professional career to third and fourth graders no of course they're different but there's yeah. those similarities of understanding like when when somebody is focused in a specific area like I think I think it was I don't remember which chapter it was, but they were talking about like um, all of a sudden the entire organization got behind the sales organization and marketing was making stuff that helped out the sales organization. And, you know, everybody's the CEO was doing talks for the sales organization. Everything was pushed towards everything was pushed towards the sales organization. And I was like, man, what I wouldn't give to have that kind of focus at any org that I work at. Where it's like, hey, we're about this right now. We're all focusing on this. That doesn't mean that you don't do the rest of the things, right? Like you still have to do the rest of the like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your daily tasks are. But you know, what's the focus? The focus is bringing this value. And uh, there's this website, uh, isitmarketingweek.com, I think, and it's for people like me who build like technical, you know, who are trying to build a SaaS company and. We all want to just build stuff, right? <laughs> so if you go to Is It Marketing Week, it's either mark it either yes or it says no, <laughs> right? Like that's all it says. Yes, it's Marketing Week. No, it's not. And basically, when it's Marketing Week, you're not supposed to be building stuff, right? Just sell the thing, right? Write the blog post. Do do whatever the things are that help you sell yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's where people really like. Wouldn't it be great to be in that org? And so it doesn't surprise me to hear you say, like, I should be applying this kind of the lesson, which is like, hey, the kids, we're just going to focus on making sure we're in the right places. We're not yep. going to worry about shooting or passing. We're just going to make sure everybody be in the right places. That's our that's what winning is. And at your job, like, hey, we're just going to focus on the customer experience. Everybody on customer experience, that's the thing. Or we're just going to focus on having the shelves full. What you know, like, And just having that be like, that's what the message is. Yeah, you know if you're if your message is something else, we're going here. Yeah, if your message is something else, we're gonna hold off on that. We're not gonna get rid of it, but we're just gonna hold off for a month. We're just gonna talk about keeping the shelves full or customer experience or, you know, what whatever the you know value thing that you're trying to bring to the organization is. Dude, I would love I would love to be in an organization that was that on it. Yep, yep, nah, for for sure. So, yeah, man, it's uh this book. So far, ten out of ten, loving it. I was telling you earlier, I love the the audio production of it. Yeah. You know, it, it's like watching a movie fifty percent of the time, and then mm-hmm. like listening to an audio book fifty percent of the time. Like it's it's literally it's produced beautifully, and uh, hearing him tell the stories, I think you you know you made a point of one of the things that he said. It's just like if you can tell, this is his story. Some of the books you read, you can tell someone's reading someone else's words. Sure. This book, what I probably like the most about it is you can absolutely tell this is his story. He's telling his own story. Yeah, I really like how direct he is. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you know that I'm too direct frequently. Oh, yeah, well, 
yes. <laughs> yes. Having worked with me, you know that I like sometimes I'm just way too direct, but I love it. Like I love it when it's somebody is like uh, very very clear about X, right? Like uh, this needs to be done by two o'clock. Okay. I really, yeah. I, re- I really love that kind, of, and like you could tell everything about the way this guy is is clear. Yes. I love it. I love yes. it. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Rings rings true to me, man. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I thought I thought that you would. So, uh, do you want to do the? Do you want to do all of part three next time, or do you want to keep yeah, going like, in these couple of chapters at a time? I, I think we can finish up. Okay. Yeah, I think we can finish up. Yeah, it's, it seems like it seems like it's worth it. Um, what about updates? Any uh, any updates you want to go over? Yeah, man. I actually got a whole lot of stuff, man. So, uh, let's start with the health. So the health update. Um, another just a great week. So, I started playing basketball again. Found an old and slow league. There you go. You know, I played, played old and my, slow, uh, we don't jump yeah. much? Yeah, yeah, old and <laughs> slow league. Uh, found my people. Um, played Sunday morning. Oh, good four runs. Five, four, three, four runs, something like that. Um, it, it's It's been missing. Then I felt it right away. That part of my life has just been missing. The strategy of, of basketball, the you know, because even a pickup game, like I love competition, and everything that I everything for me competition drives me. It's like, you know, and it's not so much the winning and losing side of it. It's the the chess that comes involved, you know, that that gets involved in competition. The chess moves, the the strategy, the the outthinking an opponent. You know what I mean? So you know. First game, I, I you know, the, you get in the gym, and the first game, I'm the new guy. By the way, old and slow leagues, it's like a secret society. I literally, I had to be recommended by someone affiliated with the league. Then I had to go and talk to this guy who's the organizer of the league. And he almost had to do, like, a short screening with me. You know what I mean? Like, like. You know, let me know kind of the rules. Let me know, like, hey. Nobody's trying um, to get hurt. Nobody's trying to get hurt. We keep this drama out. Like, are you about that stuff? Are you are you a positive guy? Are you are you, are you here to just stay in shape and, and build some nice relationships? Um, and I'm like, you know, of course. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And he's like, okay. All right, well, we'll let you try out the day. And if we feel like it's a good fit, we'll, we'll add you to the, to the, to the email list. And they email everybody Friday night on what time and and and, and what day yeah. the, the the games will be. You guys play over at the Haverford one? No, we play at uh, the Media Boys Club. Yeah, okay, so okay. so the youth center over there. Right. Um, so you know, pretty awesome. You, you you know, you get in and I'm watching, of course, and I see all right. Most of the guy, most of the guys are there just to sweat. Sure. And then there's there's a handful of young guys that they got in there. That's probably you know thirty twenty nine. You know what I mean, and they, and they got in there, and they they still have and, some bounce. Yeah, and they and they got some fire, some competitive fire to them. Sure. So I'm watching uh, one guy who's actually like, out of everybody in the gym, including myself, he 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 was 100 percent the most talented individual. Like if we all lined up, played one on one. He would he would have beat everyone, right? Sure. He would have beat everyone. He was a good six four, and had a nice little game to him. So. Watching him, you know, he going two run, you know, win two games or whatever. 
and they end up beating us, and then we get to play them on the next go-around. And at this point, I'm like, all right. Now I'm, like, feeling it. Like, I'm I'm ready. I've gotten to my second wall, and we're going to put the clamps down. So what he was doing is he was very terrible at passing and using his team. Right. So basically – I just start orchestrating the defense. I'm on the backside. I'm orchestrating the defense. I'm halfway guarding one guy, and I'm just doubling him. We trapping him on a bounce every time. He's turning the ball over left and right. He's getting frustrated. He had been sure. talking trash every game he was in. Sure. And finally, he see like you know the the most the biggest compliment you can get on a basketball court is when you're going at somebody and you make them make a mistake on their side of the ball offensively like multiple times in a row and then they go all right i'm guarding you now and and, and he's like all right big guy me and you one-on-one me and you and i'm laughing at him because i'm like this is exactly why you're losing right now because you don't understand the strategy of basketball right. i got five other guys on my team right so and I i'm not up- and and i'm not you're, I'm not, you're not that the guy, guy six four. Yeah. You're not the guy that six four guy should ever be guarding. Exactly, <laughs> and, and I'm not even that guy. You're wasting your time on me. Yeah. I, like you're going to be so busy trying to stop me, and you guys are trying to stop me. Meanwhile, I'm looking to pass. Yeah. Like I'm going to take the shot when I'm open. You know, I hit a couple nice shots. Felt good. Ball was coming out the hand. Nice. Sure. I was scoring everything, but I was scoring. Yeah, but you, all you weren't. Rates. You weren't. You weren't there to be. I trying to take him. somebody yeah, off the no, dribble. I did that once. <laughs> Devin, I did it twice. Twice. Both times, the ball went, and my body was, like, 30 seconds late yeah. following the ball. Like, I realized, like, oh, I'm not there yet. Like, I can't. I can't. Like, as soon as I jump, it takes the rest of my body time to, like, figure like, it Let's out. Let's go. Yeah, like, figure it out. So, I realized quickly, like, oh, okay, I'm I'm not there yet. Like, I'm, no. I'm not a driver. You can take yet. a set like, shot. Yeah, oh, all day long. I got some putbacks off rebounds. I think all of that I can do. I can finish on a break. I can do all that. But like the idea of like I'm gonna beat you with a first burst and then I'm gonna like immediately change directions, pick the ball up, and like shoot over you. No. Yeah, I ain't got that yet. I'm I'm not that guy yet. And I realize that. But uh the the sweetest part of it is when we beat them, we stop guarding one of the old guys. And, like, we were pretty much like, all right, if y'all going to beat us, you have to use this old guy. He's going to have to play. And that was kind of the mentality that, you know, I started talking to the other guys on my team. You know, passes, by the way, my passing game is still there. I'm hitting them dimes, full court, everything. It was beautiful. But uh, finally, we get the old guy on our team a couple runs later. Guess who scores the game with a bucket? Sure. Off of the possession that the guy, the 6'4 guy, wanted to lock me down on. Sure. Uh, sets the screen. I hit a slip pass to the screener. And then he finds the old guy slashing from the corner. Finishes the game on a layup. And I'm just like, I love basketball. Yeah. Like, I love basketball. It is oh, one of the best things in the world when it comes to, like, life strategy, collaboration. Like, everything this book is about. 100%. Is basketball? Yeah, I I saw somebody like somebody was like, man, we should really take one of the WNBA teams that like plays collaborative basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we should stick them up against one of these like AAU kid teams that just plays, you know, 
let me show off basketball and like just show them what a team could do right obviously you couldn't you know you couldn't do it um but like i mean look at villanova right all those years that villanova won like mm-hmm. play collaborative they, basketball it, it was collaborative like, yeah and you still at least in, in the college game you can still see that like you know yes. team basketball every now and again there's a player that's so good that they just win the game themselves mm-hmm. but for the most part you see you know that that thing and hopefully now that they're getting rid of uh the one year you have to do college right we'll see more more uh, of that in college and, and more the of that in college. just go to the league yeah i'd rather i dude i would rather see you know a team of seven seniors win the national title every year and then none of those guys go to the nba you mm. know what i mean like i would rather i would much rather see that yeah. every every time because yeah yeah, yeah you get, get a lot out of, or maybe two of those guys go to the nba or something but like that. The, the the thing that and this is what I I talk to my sons. I got one young son who's who's like kind of been given some gifts from an athletic standpoint, like sure. God given ability. Yeah. And the one thing that I, I even at five, like I constantly tell him, is bro, you're not going to be able to shoot the ball every time. You're not going to be able to get the ball. He plays in practice with with my third and fourth graders. So I'll put them in and let them play with those guys and practice. And they're playing their pick, they're running. And he, every time he goes to the ball and I'm like, Hey, 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 leave the ball alone. Come, come down here. Like you're not, you're not going to be able to just play where you're dominating the ball all game long. You got to pass. You got to use your teammates. You got to be willing to catch off a pass and shoot the ball. So, it's one of those things that he, even at, at a young age, because I got a feeling he's going to really take the basketball, football. He's going to be one of the – he'll do the AAU stuff. He's going to yeah, – Or maybe it's track or who yeah. knows what, what sport it is, but he's going to be – He's going to be heavily involved. And the thing that he – I can't – I want him to always remember is your – this is a team sport. So I don't care what everybody else is doing. If my money's going towards it and I'm – you know, you're still a kid, and I'm navigating this thing. You're gonna learn how to be a team player, and you're gonna learn how to play all the positions on the court. What was there? I mean, the the value in sports, as far as I'm concerned, is that you lose. Losing is incredibly valuable. Yep, you get to learn. Um, Got to learn, <laughs> and that you learn how to, you know, how to how to work as a unit, right? And even if you're doing, you know, sports that are more individual, you know, you might win as you might win your thing, but lose as a team. Right. And so, like, understanding where you fit in those things, super valuable. Right. Yep. Yep. So, So, yeah, man. No, but that was that was a good time. And then, you know, hit the bike, did all all the things that I needed to do this week. And I feel amazing, like outside of having my competitive juices flowing and like getting full off all of that i left feeling like man like i can't wait to go back yeah the uh if you were allowed to take like the things that exercise makes you feel and like put it in a pill that pill would be illegal yes a pill that makes you feel good makes you confident helps you lose weight like all those like there's nobody First of all, it would be super in demand. 
right? Yeah, everyone would be taking it, yes. <laughs> everyone mm-hmm. would be taking it. And, and I mean, it would just be nobody – you can't imagine it. So I'm, I'm not at all surprised that you were like, hey, I found some – I found some roles that exercise needs to play in my life, and I'm seeing how like eating right can associate with that, and I'm getting back to those fundamentals. Yep. Not at all surprising to me that you would yeah. be like, "Oh, yeah, this makes me feel good. I want to do this again." Yeah, I'm back. I'm I'm going back, and this is the new. Once a week, I'm just gonna get a couple runs in, and I'm gonna take it easy. I'm no diving no. for loose balls, none of that stuff. No. I'm gonna have to get that out of my game, which I did. This I was proud of myself. I kept it yeah. very. Very simple, very But flat. that, get on the bike and eat yep. a little bit more right, right? Like, just don't drink calories. And, dude, I bet you, like, you'll – Oh, it's going to come down fast. Yeah, you're going to drop a lot of weight, and, and you'll be like – The other thing is is that as soon as you jump – like, let's say you just take a little jumper, right? Like, we're not talking like a big jump, right? Just, just a little jumper. And your body moves right, you'll be like, oh. That's probably because I lost five pounds. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I need mm-hmm. to lose another twenty. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it makes it makes making all those other decisions easier. You know, and I, I the one thing that I noticed right off the bat, this is and it might be weird, but like, I hadn't sweated out a shirt in forever, and that felt good, man. Yeah, it feels great. It felt good to sweat. I used to sweat out every week, two times a week playing basketball. You know, not even talking as a kid. I'm talking like five years ago. I would play basketball twice a week. And I would sweat out a shirt. I would have to come. I would have to take it off in my car because it was drenched. I'd be driving home shirtless just because, like, sitting in a car with a wet shirt. It's cold and uncomfortable. So, you know, I'd be like, just to, like, not be cold and uncomfortable, I would have to take off my shirt. Then I had to pack, like, extra shirts. Yeah, like oh, it's the great, it's the greatest feel. It's it's rewarding. So yesterday when I got done, my shirt was soaking wet, and I remember just like smiling, like having this drenched shirt and being like, oh, I'm back, I'm back. Yeah, you know, I think a thing that people, I certainly underestimated it for years, and I think that people just sort of generally and overall underestimate is how good it feels to like. Just be alive, right? Like we, we go hiking every weekend. Uh, yeah, yeah. We go hiking every weekend. And almost without fail, I don't want to do it on Saturday morning or Friday night. Like all, basically 100% of the time. So like, <laughs> let's skip it this week. You know what I mean? Like let's do this other – let's do something else instead. And then I'm out there and I'm like, yeah, this is great. Because you're using your body, your experience in life. You're doing it right, you know? Um, great. And it's a hard thing to remember in the moment, right? It's really hard to remember in the moment when you're like, when your options are like, sit around and watch TV, stare at your phone. You know what I mean? Like, a, like whatever the things that are lazy and easy um, versus that other side, which is like, go out and experience life and, you know, go hiking or go play basketball or take a run, whatever the things are. It's, it's hard to remember that. I certainly have that trouble. Yeah. Well, I'm back. And, and yes, everyone should. Find your yeah. thing. Find your thing, man. Go do it. All right, man. Well, uh, where can people find us? They can find us at the theprocessisblackandwhite.com, and they can search us on all their social media platforms at the process is black and white, and we'll pop right up. All right, man. Talk to you next week. Yeah, man. Take it easy.